Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 11. The book of Hebrews in chapter number 11. We're continuing with our Sunday school series that have faith in God. And as we explore Hebrews chapter 11, we understand that we often call this the Hall of Faith chapter. Because all we see over and over is by faith, by faith, by faith. We remind you that with this faith, faith always produces action. And that's what we find here in the book of Hebrews. Is that people, not only did they say they had faith, it was evidenced As they took a step forward, and as they took a step forward, God did his part. That God is always previous. God has already put out his hand. He has already done everything. We respond to him. As we respond to him, he responds back. And that living the life of faith is following after God. Remember the book of Hebrews chapter number 11 describes faith. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it defines faith. What is faith? It is looking unto Jesus the author and finish of our faith. We'll hear about this this morning. But when we talk about faith, we're not describing how much faith someone has. That's not as important as the object of our faith. We all know someone who has lots of faith. Maybe they have faith in the nature. Come on, nature, I'm trusting you. We know some people that have lots of faith in whatever philosophy or whatever uh, belief they may have. But it is not how much faith faith someone has compared to the object of our faith. The object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that when we look to him, the Bible talks about in the book of Numbers and again in the book of uh, John chapter 3, when you look, you live. Again, we'll talk more about that later. But we're understanding it is the object of our faith that we're looking for. It's not that I have faith in church. I have faith in Being a Christian, I have faith in how good of a person I am. The faith that we have is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we respond to him. He is the object of our faith. And so if you don't mind, look with me in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Now we started off by talking about the faith of Abel. Then we talked about the faith of Enoch. Last week we talked about the faith of Noah. Now as we progress forward in the book of Hebrews, we are now talking about the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And notice with me in verse number 18. Or number 8, number 8. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive, or after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, when 
and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who hath promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not received, having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had come out, they might have had opportunity to have return. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city." By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, that he had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he had received him in a figure. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, you notice a phrase that is mentioned three times in this passage, starting at verse number eight, by faith Abraham. By faith Abraham. And what we see here is this idea here, the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham. Now, we know that to live by faith is the requirement of the Christian life. No one can come to the Lord except by faith. There's no way to live the Christian life apart from faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. We know that faith is the central core of the Christian life. Now, as we consider the man in Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 8 through 19, we see that here's a man by the name of Abraham. And God points to the life of Abraham so that we, we may witness his expression of faith as he is trusting God, the Lord God Almighty. And he's trusting him in his entire walk. One of the great interesting things about Abraham is mentioned in the book of James. Hold your finger here, and I want you to see this in the book of James Look with me, if you don't mind, in the book of James, chapter number 2. The book of James, chapter number 2. <laughs> Here we're going to see a statement that is mentioned of Abraham in several books of the Bible. And one of the most amazing things. If you could sum up someone's life in just a phrase or a sentence, maybe you could think of an epitaph, something that you could put on a... Um, on a tombstone to sum up a person's life. In the book of James, we could see God had summed up the whole life of Abraham into a phrase. Notice with me in James chapter 2. Notice with me in verse number 21. James chapter 2 and verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeth Thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, 
And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Think about this. In fact, God calls him later on. In, or earlier in the scriptures, he called him the friend of God. This is something that has been referred to uh, Abraham a couple different times. Could you imagine what a great moniker that would be? That is the friend of God. That's how the relationship that Abraham had with God. So if someone was going to be referred to someone's friend... We know that if we could boil down all the necessary ingredients to have a friend, we could boil it down to two major things. In order to have a friend, think about your friend. Think about your close friend. What are the two things that are required to be a friend? Good. Someone throw me a guess. Give me one. Trust. That's trust. Good. Give me the other one. Be friendly. Be friendly. Um, go with that. No, kindness, um, be friendly. Um, you have to be friendly with them. What was that? Okay, we're getting closer. Boil it down a little bit more. What is the requirement? In, good, I'm going to say it and then you're going to go, oh, okay. No, okay, we're boiling up there. You have to spend time with them. Okay, all those things are included in that spending time with them. So the two main ingredients in order to be friends with anybody is time and trust. If you do not have either one of those two things, you cannot be close friends. You may say, well, he's an acquaintance, he know of him, but you can't be close friends. You can't be true friendship if you don't have time and trust. Now, if we're going to be the friend of God, um, I use that same phrase that if we're going to, um, a man that hath friends must first show himself friendly. That's what was said before. That's part of the spending time. You have to spend time. You have to want to spend time with them. You have to want to be with them. Now, we know that to spend time with God, for us, we could read our Bible and we could pray and we could spend time, but that's a purposeful thing. We all had those friends in high school that we said, we're going to be friends forever. And then now that we're older, where are they at? What happened? Well, time separated us. Because... We didn't spend time with them. We became more and more separate. Well, in order to stay close with someone, you have to spend time with them. That's a requirement. The second thing, which is going to be the whole thing of our text today, is trust. If there is no trust, there cannot be a close fellowship. Can't be a close relationship. If there's no trust. And remember, trust goes two ways. In Abraham's relationship with God... God had to trust Abraham. Will he do the things that I've asked him to do? Will, if I tell him the things, by the way, in Genesis chapter 18, we could see that God says, I know him and that he'll order his household well. He goes through and describes, I do trust him. I do trust him. And he was talking to himself. God was talking to himself. And he was talking to himself about Abraham. Should I tell him the things I'm going to do? Yes, I know him. He's going to order his household. I trust him. But what we're finding here on this side of it, that the faith of Abraham is that Abraham trusted God. And because he trusted God, he obeyed. And we can see three specific areas that in this text here where Abraham obeyed. Abraham obeyed. And he had these things 
by faith. If you don't mind, let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And let's see these things here. The first thing I want to show you is Abraham's obedience. Abraham's obedience. Now because Abraham trusted God when God told him to do something... Even if it didn't make sense to Abraham, even if he didn't know what was going to happen, he didn't know the end result, even if the rest of everyone else questioned, he still responded to God because he trusted him. Notice with me, if you don't mind, the book of Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Now we know according to the book of Genesis chapter number 12. It tells the story. That Abraham was inside of the city of the Ur of Chaldees. Back in the ancient world. uh, 2300 BC. uh, Along those times. That Ur was right on the southern tip of what we would call the Babylonian Empire later on. It was one of the major cities of that time. It was a cultural significant. It was a big deal to be in this city. And he was a fairly wealthy man. And it came from his father Terah. Who by the way was still alive. His family had lived here. And while he's living here. God speaks to him. And says Abraham. I want you to pack up all your stuff. And I want you to move. And I want you to follow me. Where are we going? Don't worry about that now. Just follow me. Can you imagine being told that? To uplift where your roots are at. Everything, your family, your comfort. And God says, leave your family. Leave your family. Now we know that Abraham didn't obey completely. He brought his father with him for a while until his father died. But he, um, he was told to leave his family, leave his comforts, leave this city, leave this and follow me and you're not going to know where you're going but will you follow me? Imagine what trust it took to follow. And so God says, follow me. I'm not telling you where you're going, but I want you to trust me that I've got something good prepared for you. And you know what Abraham did? He obeyed. He obeyed. Why? Because he trusted God. There was that element of trust that he was able to go and he obeyed. God deals with us when we're surrounded by people who don't have faith in him. Not only do they have faith in him, that they often speak out against God. And they don't understand. Can you imagine Abraham's packing up what he needs? And he knows that he can't bring everything with him permanently. He has to travel light. Uh, meaning he's not taking his couch set. He's, you know, he's going to be a nomad. And he doesn't know where he's going. And so his friends are saying, hey, hey, Abraham, where where are you going? Well, God told me to go somewhere. Where are you going? Where are we going to send the postcards? I don't know. Why are you going? Because God told me. Anything else other than that? I don't know. I'm just doing what God. You imagine how crazy his friends thought he was. I mean, this had to happen. He moved. We assume that he wasn't a hermit, that he had friends and relationship people he worked with. And yet he had to tell them, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just doing what I believe the Lord has me to do. And they thought he was crazy. And he still obeyed nonetheless. 
trusting that God had something far better for him. I heard someone give an illustration once that uh, of a man who had, um, who had saved his money. He had always wanted to take a cruise. And so he saved his money and he prepared and finally ordered the tickets for the cruise. And because he wanted to try to be frugal, he liked uh, peanut butter and crackers. So he packed his clothes and he packed tons of peanut butter and crackers and whatnot. And he packed it up so that way he can enjoy the cruise. Well, during the cruise, he ran out of peanut butter and crackers and the food. And, and finally, he saw everyone else eating all the delicious food and the people enjoying it. And he said, well, where do I get that? How much does, I do it, does it cost? And the people on the cruise looked at him like he was crazy because he'd been on it for a while. And they said, it comes with it. You paid for it when you bought the tickets. And here he was surrounded by all of these things that were already bought for and already provided. And he didn't partake of it. And he could have. You know, a lot of us become, God has already provided so much for us. Yet we live like spiritual paupers. Because we're not willing to trust in him. And to receive of him the things that he already has prepared for us. Because we won't trust him. We try to do it ourselves. We try to come up with our own way of doing it. You see, the key element we were finding here is this trust. Can you trust him? Can you depend upon him? So the first thing that we see here is Abraham's obedience. The next thing that we see is not only Abraham's obedience, but Abraham's outlook. Abraham's outlook. Notice with me, if you don't mind, as we continue in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, notice with me, starting at verse number 9. It says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Here we could see that he had an outlook of a tent dweller, a nomad. In fact, notice the language that it used in verse 13. All these died in faith, not receiving the promises, but receive, uh, having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them and embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know what he was on this earth? A stranger, a pilgrim. He was something that... Someone who was just passing through. You know that's true of us. We are aliens. I know some of you may think you look like an alien. But we're aliens. Our home is a different country than here. We reside here in the United States at the moment. But our home country is heaven. We're looking forward to being with him. We're just passing through at this time. And Abraham kept in mind the whole time. This is not my final home. This is just a temporary dwelling place. I'm looking forward to going home. I'm looking forward to being there. Someone gave an illustration of this. Could you imagine that you were going to uh, <laughs> go to a hotel? You were traveling. Maybe you were visiting someone. And uh, you went to a hotel. And you knew you were only going to be there for two, three days. But you say, you know what? I want to make this stay, this temporary stay, as 
comfortable as possible. So you go up to the hotel owner and says, you know what? Because I know I'm going to be staying here, I will purchase with my own money new furniture. I want new carpets. I want new drapes. I want to go ahead and add some couches. I want to make this as comfortable as possible during my stay here. I'm willing to pay for it. Would that make a lot of sense? To re-carpet, to re-drape, to new furniture, new everything. If you're going to be there for two or three days, not at all. Why, why don't we do that when we go to a hotel? How come we don't bring in all of our new stuff and re-flourish everything? Because we're only there for a small time. Where is your attention at? Is your attention on home? Are you looking for it? Do you realize we're just a passing through? That we should be looking, our outlook should be looking at our future home. Looking at the city that God has built for us. We know the Bible talks about in John chapter 14 that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. And he's coming back for us. That's where we're looking for. You may think that you have a nice home here. And I hope that you do. And if not, well, that's all right too. But you understand, Jesus is preparing a place so much better than we could ever do for ourselves. Are you looking forward to that home? Are you looking forward to going to where God has prepared for you so you could be with him forever? This is how Abraham lived his life, knowing this was just a temporary stop. This was just somewhere I'm going to be at for a small amount of time. Even Sarah, through this journey, had to make sure that she was looking to God. Remember that God had told Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child. And from this child, you're going to have a descendant. And soon those descendants are going to be innumerable as the sand of the sea. By the way, this is why it said that these people died in faith, not receiving the promises. Did Abraham get to see all of his kids turn into the innumerable as the sand of the sea? No, he saw a couple of them, but he didn't see them. In fact, for a long time, he didn't even see the one. He had to live with this promise 30 or 40 years before he even had a child. He's starting to get to be 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. And of course, we know the story and the book of Genesis, how God came to visit them and pulled Abraham inside and said, guess what, Abraham, you've waited long enough. I know you're a hundred, but guess what? This time next year at the time of life, you're going to have a son. And Sarah, 90 years old, heard this and she laughed. Now, don't be hard on Sarah. If you were 90 years old and said, guess what you're going to have in nine months, you would laugh too. Some of you at the age you're at would laugh if you were told, guess what you're going to have? It's not, but yet, even though she laughed, she still trusted God. The Bible says here in verse number 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength. At 90 years old, don't you think that you'd still need strength to be able to carry a child? You imagine some of you had children at younger ages. Remember how tiring it was when you were 20 or 30? Can you imagine 90 and trying to have enough strength to carry a child through? By faith, uh, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She trusted God through the whole time. 
She looked at God and said, God, I have to trust in you. You're the one that's going to have to bring this to bear. You're going to have to do this. We're trusting you. Remember, the key phrase we're looking for in this one is trust. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? This is, again, why Abraham was called the friend of God. Because not only did he spend time with God, but he had trust in God. When God said things that didn't make sense to the human ear when it didn't make sense to how things work. Abraham, pack up all your family, get away from your other family. I want you to travel until I tell you to stop. Okay, I'm going to do it. Why? It doesn't make sense, but I trust him. Sarah, you're going to have a child and you're going to carry it to term at 90 years old. I'm trusting God. Does it make sense? Your body can't. Can you imagine the doctors telling her, listen, you can't do this. This is going to be a danger to your health. Please don't do this. She had to trust God for the strength to go through this. And she did. Even though it didn't make sense, it didn't follow through with natural thinking. She trusted God. Which brings us to the last thing here, Abraham's offering. Abraham's offering. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 16. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. And now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Now... This is significant because Abraham's being put to a test by faith. His faith is being put to the test. He was told that he was going to have a child of promise. Now he finally has it. He was told that this child of promise was going to deliver a, a, a people that would become innumerable. At this time, um, Isaac is about 30, maybe 40 years old, but he's in the 30 year range. He is not married. He doesn't get a wife till later on. So at the moment, he has no descendants. He has no heirs. And God says, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to kill him. Now, he had a promise of God that his son of promise was going to deliver uh, uh, children. But he hasn't yet. And yet God wants him to kill him. Abraham had to rectify this in his mind. How do you deal with that? Well, his idea here was in verse number 19. Um, verse um, 17 through 19. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, that he that hath received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac... Thy seed shall be called. So he had this promise that Isaac uh, was going to produce seed for him. Verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up. Even from the dead. From whence he hath received in him a figure. So in his mind he says. Listen God gave me a promise. He said that my son Isaac is the son of promise. He said that Isaac is going to produce heirs and children innumerable. Now God wants me to kill my child. Is this conflicting information? No, because I trust God. It doesn't make sense to me, but I trust God. And so in his mind, he says, if I kill Isaac, God is able to raise him up because he still has promises he wants to do with Isaac. 
And so we know the account of what happened. Now remember, there's a great faith in Isaac too. Because as I said, Isaac is in his 30s. Abraham is 130 years old. If a 30-year-old man does not want to be placed on the altar, can a 133-year-old man stop him? The answer is no. What we see is that even the son had such a faith in his dad's walk with God that he willingly laid himself on the altar and allowed his father to offer to take his life. What faith Isaac had in his dad's walk with the Lord. In his dad's idea of the promise. And of course we know that God stopped it and provided a lamb. We have the name of God given Jehovah Jireh the God who provides. But here we can see that Abraham was able to trust God when it did not make sense. What a wonderful God that we have. Now thank the Lord that God is not going to offer you to sacrifice your child. I'm giving you that right now. Not going to happen. So don't start a little cult and say that we're going to go. But you understand, God may ask you to do something that may not make sense to you. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? Can you depend upon him? Can you follow after him? We know that even in this year, all of us, I think all of us, I could say that. I think I've heard your stories. All of us, someone has come to us this year and say, why are you still showing up to church? Why are you showing up in person? Why not? It may not make sense to them. But to us, why not? Why wouldn't it? We're here to honor the Lord. We follow after him. You understand we're already coming to a time where even our normal things doesn't make sense to God. So you mean to tell me that you give over 10% of your income to the Lord? What do you get out of it? God's blessings? I mean, I mean, we get nothing substantial out of it. It's not like when you get some of the offering plate, you know, you, we have books that you pass out in the back and you collect what you want. Or you, you understand we're giving to the Lord by faith. And we know that many of us from time to time, people said, what? I remember, if you could forgive a personal illustration, when I was in the military, um, they were sent us in an airman leadership uh, class on a budgeting. So they were teaching us how to budget. And they were looking at our budgets. And of course I'm already faithful at church. So my budget has tithe. And offering. And missions. And I was single so I didn't have a family to feed. So I was able to give a good substantial amount. And then I had my other bills go on there. And when they were checking our, our budgets. To kind of make sure that we kind of knew what we were doing. They looked at mine and said, what in the world are you thinking? Giving this much. I mean, it doesn't, don't you understand? There's other things you could be doing. Why wouldn't I? It just didn't make sense to them. You understand? <laughs> We're just trying to be obedient. And we could give other illustrations of the Christian life. Take baptism. All right? Baptism. So after someone comes to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, the first step of obedience is baptism. So someone preparing. So all right. So you want me to get baptized. Does it wash away my sins? No. Does it make me righteous? No. Does it secure a place in heaven? No. What happens when I get in there? You get wet. 
Does anything else? Does angels come? Does a, a shed of light come? Does, do you hear a choir go, oh? I mean, <laughs> does something happen? No. Does anything spiritual, do I get married in it? No. So you want me to get into a tank of water in front of everyone. Everyone's watching. And to be placed under the water. You're going to let your preacher... You trust my, your preacher to bring me under the wall and bring me back up and nothing happens? I don't even get a hat out of this? I don't get a t-shirt? Nothing? You understand in a world that doesn't make sense. Why do we do it then? Because this is what God's given us to do. God wants to see, even starting with baptism, will we do something that doesn't make sense and has no spiritual benefit if we're able to trust him with that, we'll be able to trust him with another step and another step. Does that make sense? God tries us and puts us to the test to see if we're willing to follow him when it doesn't make sense to a human thinking. This is what Abraham lived his life like. By faith. Through faith, Abraham obeyed. This is part of his trusting God. Can you trust him? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.